Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S.com, code SUPER24. Home. It's a place you're supposed to feel safe, protected, comfortable, where you come back to recharge, refuel, and rest. Folks will compliment a home saying it feels cozy and inviting. Your home is supposed to be your own private space where you feel the most secure, like you belong. But what if a home has the opposite effect? What if instead of feeling safe there, you feel unwelcome, you feel on edge, What if instead of walking through your front door at the end of the day and basking in a sense of warmth, you just feel cold, frigid down to the bone? Suppose you don't feel like you belong in your home at all. It more so feels like you're intruding on someone or something that's already there. You feel like your home isn't really yours. These feelings can be a reality for those who unknowingly move into a home with a dark entity residing inside. They find themselves with no place to turn when they want to feel safe, because their home makes them feel the exact opposite. And this was a reality for a man named Stephen Lachance and his family in 2001. Their family had just suffered a terrible loss, and in an attempt to cope and try to move on with their lives, they wanted a fresh start in a new home. And it just so happened that Stephen came upon a beautiful, charming, historic home in town that the family fell in love with instantly. They ended up moving in, and it was one of the most memorable experiences of their lives, but not memorable in the good way. Many know of the infamous Amneville house and how the Lutz family was so terrorized by the entities in the home, they only lasted 28 days before fleeing. That's really been used as a measure of terror in a haunted house. How long a family can last inside before they just can't take it anymore? Well, the Lachance family only lasted in this home for 13 days before they left running for their lives. And the home in question is referred to as the Screaming House, and for good reason. Welcome back to Avery After Dark. As always, I'm your host, Avery Ross. I'm so glad that you're here with me today. And ooh, do I have a spooky story for you today. And a reminder, if you're enjoying Avery After Dark, you find yourself looking forward to episodes every week, leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. If you use Spotify, you can leave a rating on there too. It all helps so much in growing the show so I can continue making more for you. And share Avery After Dark with your friends and family, your coworkers, anyone in your life that you feel needs a little dose of goosebumps. I wanna thank everyone who has left the nicest reviews. 
For those of you who say you've turned your loved ones onto the podcast, thank you. It just means so much, and I'm so touched by everyone's support every day of the week. All right, it's time. It's scary story time. And I have a personal connection to this story. I met Stephen at a ghost hunt about 10 years ago, and he shared his experience, and it was really one of the most fascinating paranormal stories I had ever heard of. It's a genuine all-American ghost tale. I met him at a small historic local bookstore in town that was set to be demolished, but inside there was reportedly a spirit of a young girl. Back in the day, the bookstore used to be a home where I believe the young spirit once lived. So a paranormal team hosted an evening at the bookstore, attempting to contact and help this young spirit move into the light out of the house before it was demolished. It was a very interesting evening, and the bookstore itself was just really unique and an awesome slice of history, and I hope that little spirit went into the light, because that place was turned into one of those jumbo storage unit companies. Gross. But that's when I first met Stephen Lachance and heard the story you're about to hear today. His family lived through a thoroughly terrifying ordeal. So without further ado, this is the haunting of the Screaming House. As are many, before this entire ordeal, Stephen was not a believer in the supernatural. He was a skeptic and described himself as a true disbeliever, actually. But what transpired in this home changed the way he thought about the paranormal forever. The experience completely altered his life and the lives of his children. It was May 2001, and Stephen Lachance and his three children were dealing with a traumatizing event. Stephen's wife and mother of his three children up and left the family. She was gone, leaving them shocked, heartbroken, and just trying to pick up the pieces. In the wake of her departure, the family was trying to cope, trying to figure out what comes next, how to go on. Number one on Stephen's checklist was to find a new home, a place for his three children to live, and they were looking for a spot in Union, Missouri. Union, Missouri is about 50 miles south of St. Louis and was ranked one of the top 10 best small towns in the US in the early 2000s. And it's really just that. A quaint, safe, small town, an ideal place to raise your kids. And Stephen was now a single father, so it was all on him. Stephen worked as a corporate trainer, and despite the turmoil at home, he was actually doing very well professionally. So they had the means to move, and they needed to move. The lease was up at the apartment where the family had lived the past two years, and this apartment was small and cramped. As the kids were growing and getting older, he knew he needed a bigger space. Also, he wanted a fresh start for his family. With the devastating event of Stephen's wife leaving them, he knew they all needed a new start. So Stephen began the search, and this was 2001, so if you wanted a new place to rent, you were checking the newspaper ads. Stephen answered just about any and every advertisement in the newspaper for rentals. Anything that popped up, he would reach out, trying to find the perfect home but so far, no luck. That was until one evening, he received a call from a woman from a local property management firm in town. The woman on the other end of the phone had promising news. She had a house up for rent that just hit the market. She said it was a rather large old house that was in very good shape. It was a classic white home, idyllic open front porch, nice yard, multi-story residence with lots of room for everyone. 
This house came with all the charms and was amazingly in the family's budget. Stephen was obviously very interested. So the woman invited him to an open house, which was to be held that coming Sunday. And that Sunday rolled around. Stephen decided to bring his daughter along to the open house, and when the two pulled up, they were in awe. Compared to their small apartment, this large old white house looked too good to be true. The two walked in and said the smell of baking cookies hit them immediately. This place already felt like home. Stephen and his daughter made their way through the front room, looking up to see cherubs surrounding the top of the walls all the way around the living room. This home had all the original woodwork. This place was very charming. The house had two floors with three bedrooms and a large family kitchen with a mudroom that led to the back door. The upstairs bedrooms had a breezeway that could be accessed from all rooms. The basement even had an old butcher's shower and a fruit cellar. As Stephen and his daughter toured the place, they saw it was more house than they ever imagined for the price. Stephen said it wasn't even a question. They immediately made up their minds. This was it. This had to be their new home. The space and uniqueness of the home, combined with the thought of having to go back to residing in that stuffy little apartment after seeing how they could be living, it was a no-brainer. They had to have this house. Stephen expressed his interest to the property manager and the landlady gave him an application to fill out. The two couldn't help but look around and see that there are quite a few people there looking at the house as well, probably submitting their applications too. So Stephen knew that this was going to be competitive. Stephen quickly filled it out and handed the application to the landlady. She then slowly looked up at him and said, you understand the responsibility that comes with living in an old house such as this? Stephen thought, oh, well, yeah, it was an older home, but he didn't really know what she meant. Stephen said, oh yes, I understand, it's beautiful. Again, not really understanding what he was agreeing to. Well then, I'll get back to you, the woman quickly said and walked off to tend to the other visiting house hunters. Stephen noted that this woman was a bit strange. She didn't show the home in a typical real estate type manner. She wasn't overly welcoming. She showed the home as if it were a museum. It felt like they were on one of those house tours often given each year for charity but none of that really mattered. They loved the home. There was just something about it. Maybe this was exactly what the family needed, if they only knew. Stephen and his daughter left through the front door, got in the car and pulled away, wondering if they would even get the home. And days rolled by and not a word, not a single call from the property managers. Finally, a week later, the phone rang one evening. On the other end of the line was the strange landlady, now speaking with a very different tone. She was overly excited to tell Stephen that she had selected him, his daughter, and his two sons to live in the old house. The place was now theirs. Stephen was so happy, and he told the kids who were equally as thrilled. Stephen then asked the woman if he should come by the house to finish signing the papers, but strangely the woman said no. She asked Stephen to meet her the following day at a restaurant to settle all of the paperwork and payment. He was a little disappointed because he really wanted to see the house that was going to be his new home again. The next day, Stephen and the woman met and all the papers were signed. It was official. It was Memorial Day weekend and the family was all set to move in. The Lachances packed up their apartment, eager to get into their new spot and start making it home. And finally, move-in day came. 
Stephen and the kids spent the day moving all their belongings into the old white house. And as Stephen was removing the last few boxes from the moving truck, a car slowed down, stopping right in front of the house. From the window of the slow-moving car, the passenger said, Hope you get along okay here, and then sped up and drove away quickly. Stephen stood there, confused. His daughter was standing near and heard the exchange and asked Stephen, What did you think of that, Dad? Stephen said, Friendly neighbors, I suppose. But it didn't really seem like neighbors being welcoming or friendly. It seemed more like a warning. The first night in the house was a quiet one. The family was pretty wiped and exhausted from the move, but in hindsight, Stephen believes the house wanted to draw them in a little closer before beginning its series of attacks and assaults upon the family, a calm before the storm. Their first morning in the home started like any other, except Stephen noticed something strange. Each of the house's interior doors had an old-fashioned hook-and-eye latch, but not on the inside of each room's door to keep someone out. The latches were on the outside of the room's doors, as if to keep something in. Stephen thought this was odd and didn't even remember noticing it during the open house. And then, the first incident. It happened in the living room when Stephen was beginning to get some of the family's pictures and decor hung up. He was hanging a large picture of two angels. Stephen's daughter thought this would look really nice and compliment the cherubs that already surrounded the room. Stephen reached up, hung the angel picture, and then turned to walk away. And then, Stephen turned around to see the picture had fallen to the floor. Figuring it wasn't secure, he walked back over, rehung the picture once again. Then, as he started to turn away, the picture of the two angels was once again on the floor. Now for the third time and getting annoyed, Stephen walked over, picked up the frame, and hung it again securely. He started walking away when suddenly, he felt a rush of air, and something suddenly slammed onto the back of his ankles. He turned around to see that picture lying now at his feet. This was beyond insane at this point. More determined than ever, Stephen hung the picture up again and stated loudly, Stay there, damn it. Suddenly, Stephen's daughter called to him from the front porch where Stephen's kids were playing. Dad, come and see this. His daughter's voice rang through the front door. Stephen walked out onto the front porch and his daughter said, sit down, watch this. Stephen's daughter pointed to an old man walking down the sidewalk towards their house. However, when he reached the property line, the old man quickly crossed the street and continued his walk on the opposite sidewalk. Stephen watched this with confusion. They don't like walking in front of our house, dad. Isn't that weird? Stephen's daughter said. And she was right. Stephen sat on that porch for nearly three hours watching every person cross the street away from their house anytime they walked past. Every single person. It was like they were avoiding the house entirely. A couple times, Stephen even threw up his hand, gesturing that he was trying to say hi. But every person would just drop their heads, continuing to quickly make their way away from the house as fast as they could. The kids seemed to get a kick out of it, found it funny, but Stephen didn't understand it at all. The strange comment from that passenger, now neighbors avoiding the house altogether, it didn't make sense. What was going on here? To see people avoiding your home like this, refusing to even walk on the sidewalk, something really strange was going on. The next day or so went normally without incident. The family continued settling in and unpacking, 
trying to make the old white house feel like home. Per usual, the family went to church and were eager to get home as they had planned to spend the entire day doing yard work. This was a big deal for the LeChance family because the only semblance of a yard at their previous apartment was their front balcony. So it was a nice day outside and the kids were looking forward to helping their dad with some chores. They mowed the grass and cleaned out the leaves from underneath the porch and in the front yard. As they cleaned up, Stephen noticed another strange detail. All the trees around the old white house seemed to be shedding their leaves as if it were fall. Stephen made a mental note to mention it to the landlady when he spoke to her next. Stephen then asked his youngest son to go inside and drag out the garden hose from the basement. Stephen wanted to finish up cleaning the walkways and washing down the weathered white of the house. Stephen's son ran inside, and just a few moments later, the family heard him screaming from inside the house. Stephen ran frantically into the home looking for his son and found him standing in the kitchen, shaking in a puddle of his own urine. Stephen asked him, what's wrong? What happened? Stephen's son looked petrified and said, something chased me up the basement steps. Stephen asked his son, what? What chased you? Thinking that his young son had just imagined it. Stephen's youngest said, I don't know, dad, but it was big. Stephen went downstairs and checked the basement, but found nothing except for the garden hose that had been dropped as he ran away. Stephen, being a dad, tried to assure his son that it was all okay and got him cleaned up. But after this, Stephen's two older children began teasing him a lot about this spooky basement monster. Stephen chalked it up to a little boy getting creeped out in an old home and a basement and didn't think much else about it. Also, for a single father, the past couple years, the family had been through a lot. The kid's mom up and leaving, the move. There was no doubt about it. It had been a lot. And Stephen was really just attempting to create a new normal for the family in an otherwise really challenging time. The next day or so passed by without any other incidents, and besides those few oddities, Stephen and his kids were really happy those first few days in the house. They felt like this was their fresh start they had been yearning for since their mom left. Stephen's daughter really loved the home and was making plans to plant gardens and decorate the house to make it as homey and cozy as it could be. Stephen's boys enjoyed the big yard and all the space, and the location of the house was perfect for them. It would be a short, easy walk to their baseball games because the local park they were going to play at was really close. For the most part, everything was normal for the family. They were happy. But unfortunately, this didn't last for long. Stephen and the kids began noticing that random objects and items in the home would be moved. Things would become misplaced, particularly in the kids' rooms. Stephen initially thought the kids were just being forgetful. The following Monday came, and it was the last week of school for the kids and a really long work week for Stephen. And the family noticed that every day they would leave the house and return each evening to find every light in the house turned on, in every single room. And at first, Stephen blamed the children for leaving the lights on in the morning. The kids assured their dad that they had turned them off, and the problem persisted. That Friday as they left, Stephen and his daughter had the boys wait in the car while the two walked through the house making sure that every light was turned off. And they were. But that night, they returned home again to find every light on. It didn't make sense. That evening, Stephen walked into the house and didn't understand what was going on. There was no logical reason for all the lights being on other than the idea that someone else was in the house. Stephen began to panic, 
started to frantically search around the house for an intruder, but didn't find anything. As Stephen was running around the house, checking every closet, every room, he heard his daughter yell from the living room. Dad, it's cold in here, she called out. Stephen didn't feel cold at all, but as soon as he stepped into the living room, he immediately felt it. The temperature in the room dropped a good 30 degrees. When he stepped into that room, this was the first time he realized they weren't alone in that home. Stephen said this was the first time he really felt its presence. He said it felt almost like an electrical current running through his body. He said it nearly brought tears to his eyes and chills all over his body. He had never experienced anything like this before. His daughter, standing alongside him, then said, Dad, now it's getting warm in here. And sure enough, the temperature began rising as the family watched the thermostat climb. Stephen now knew there was something going on in the home. He thought back to all the strange things that had happened there. But what was he to do? That night, everyone felt uneasy, and Stephen's kids asked to sleep in their dad's room, and he agreed. There had to be a logical explanation for what the family was experiencing. Stephen didn't know what else to do, so he called a contractor over to the house. He explained the situation to the man, the changing temperatures. He told him all about the lights turning on on their own. And that strange sensation, that feeling of the electrical current running through their bodies. Stephen said it felt like a current would pass along the back of their necks and leave them with the most uneasy feeling. The contractor looked all over the home, searched every room, and came back to Stephen with shrugged shoulders and no answer. He couldn't find any reason the family was experiencing this. A couple nights later, the family was sitting in the living room talking. Stephen was getting ready for a work trip the following morning to Indianapolis, and the kids were discussing plans to stay at grandma's while Stephen was away. As they all sat there talking, the kids with their backs to the kitchen doorway, Stephen noticed something behind them. Out of the corner of his eye, a quick glance. Something was moving. Something was standing in the kitchen doorway that led into the family room. Not something, someone. He glanced back quickly and Stephen saw him. It was a dark figure of a man. He was solid in form except there was a moving, swirling, dark gray black smoke mist that made up his form. Stephen panicked and said he quickly looked down in shock. He then looked up again, thinking that it would be gone, but the man was still there. And then he began to move towards the family. Stephen watched as the figure made its way into the family room, pausing in the center of the room. His form was still this large mass of misty darkness. Stephen said this entity stood there for only a few moments and then melted into the air. Stephen sat frozen, his heart pounding out of his chest. He knew he needed to get the kids out of there immediately, but wanted to do so in a calm manner as not to scare them. Stephen stood up, leg shaking, and said, let's go get a soda and see Grandma. Stephen's youngest excitedly said yes, but his two older kids looked at him confused. Thankfully, Stephen's car keys were on the coffee table in front of them, so he quickly got everyone up, motioning them towards the front door. The family began to make their way out. When Stephen turned around to lock the front door as they left, the loudest painful scream of a man came blasting from inside the house. The voice was a deep male scream. It was yelling, growling, shrieking. It sounded as if this man was screaming in excruciating pain. This scream was so loud that it could be heard throughout the neighborhood. Nearby dogs began to bark. 
Get in the car, Stephen screamed at the kids. In a dead run, they all jumped into the car and agreed to drive to Stephen's mom's house. They were all in a sheer panic, but knew they just had to get out of that house. As they backed out of the driveway, Stephen's youngest son, in a terrified voice, said, Dad, the basement monster is standing in the upstairs window. Stephen quickly looked back, and sure enough, that black form was standing in the window, watching the family leave. That same entity that Stephen had just seen in the family room, the same entity that had chased Stephen's son up those basement steps, was standing there, watching them. Stephen and the kids stayed at his mom's house that night, and that next week, Stephen left town for his work trip, relieved to know that his kids were safe at their grandma's while he could figure out what to do next. Stephen began trying to talk himself down, attempting to rationalize the situation. He also wondered, where else were they going to go? He had put everything he had and saved into the deposit and first month's rent and spent the rest of his savings on the move. The longer he thought about it as he was thousands of miles away, he somehow convinced himself that it would be okay. They would make it work. In reality, Stephen felt like they had no other choice but to go back to the big old White House. That Friday night, the family returned to the home. They were all on edge the whole time and didn't get much sleep. Stephen's kids were often too scared to walk from one room to another room alone, so they would stick together in the house. But after returning, and with every day that went by without activity, Stephen began to attempt to convince himself maybe this was just a one-off, a one-time ordeal. Maybe it was over. A day or so later, the Lachances spent the day working on the house and they began exploring the big shed at the back of the yard. Stephen and the kids opened up the doors and inside found a number of personal belongings that appeared to belong to different people. Later that day, Stephen shared this with his parents and they encouraged him to call the strange old landlady and ask her about the house. The history, who lived there before, just get some information on the place. Stephen was apprehensive at first, but then agreed and called up the woman. He asked her about the home and also if any previous tenants had ever mentioned any ghostly activity there. At first, the woman said that she couldn't remember, but then went on to say that one woman who had lived there claimed that her dead father had come to visit her, but the landlady thought that she was crazy and brushed it off. Stephen asked her about the items in the shed. She said that some of it had been left behind by that woman, but she couldn't get her to come back to the house and pick it up. The other items in the shed belonged to a man, this particular man had lived in the house, but frantically left in the middle of the night, leaving many of his belongings, and he wouldn't return for his items either. Stephen asked the woman, how long ago did these people live there? She said, not much more than a year, why? Stephen realized that he wasn't going to get much information or help from this woman, so he got off the phone. But realized two things, tenants didn't last very long in this house and were refusing to even come back to the house to pick up their belongings. We'll be right back. You're back with Avery After Dark. The next couple days were relatively peaceful for the Lachances. That was until Monday night. The family thought it got bad before. They had no idea what was coming next. That Monday evening, everyone was at home, and Stephen sat on the phone with his mom. The kids were off playing in another bedroom on the first floor. And as he spoke to his mom, Stephen began to hear the sound of the doors rattling. Then they would stop. Then 
Listening closely, they rattled again. Stephen called out to the kids to quit playing games so loudly. Then they rattled again, this time harder and louder. Again, Stephen yelled out to the kids to behave and stop playing tricks. Then the rattling started up again, even louder. But before Stephen could yell, he heard his daughter say from the next room, Dad, I'm in here reading and my brothers are asleep. Just as soon as Stephen realized his daughter was alone and not responsible for the noise, the temperature in the house instantly dropped again. Another good 30 degrees. Something was happening. Along with the cold, frigid air came that feeling of the electrical charge running through the entire house. It was like the house was alive. Then Stephen said he was hit with an indescribable, horrible stench that permeated the room. The smell of rotting flesh. And then the screaming started, softly at first, but slowly building in momentum. Stephen began screaming into the phone, begging his mom for help. Next, Stephen said the entire house began to shake. From above, he said he heard something large moving around upstairs. The entity's excruciating screams filled the entire house. Stephen's daughter was screaming out, what is happening? The floor beneath was shaking as Stephen began running to the next room to get his other children, the entire time feeling someone was right behind him but was too afraid to turn around and look. The bedroom doors wouldn't open, so Stephen began throwing himself against them but they wouldn't budge. This entire time, the screaming getting louder and louder, the entire house shaking more violently with every second. Finally, the door busted open. Stephen called out to his kids, telling them to grab each other and run to the car. At this point, they're all screaming, holding on to each other. Frantically, Stephen and the kids made their way out the front door, feeling the entity right on their heels as they escaped. As the family got into the car, they said they could still hear the noise coming from the house. The screaming and the rattling continued as they piled into the car and quickly backed out of the driveway. The family parked across the street and waited for Stephen's parents to get there. The car still parked with a clear view of the house and the family watched it, the entity, as it searched the entire house, looking for the family. They watched the dark figure move from room to room methodically. Stephen and his kids watched in horror and disbelief. This was the last night the family ever spent in the old White House. Stephen's children refused to ever go back into the house. And when he returned to pack up the family's belongings on several occasions, Stephen never went alone. Every time, Stephen would bring along company. Each person he brought along also got a weird feeling in the house. They too would see and hear things themselves. Whispers, strange noises, seeing things out of the corner of their eyes. Stephen met with the landlady to turn back over the keys and said he remembers what she said to him that last day. As he handed them over, the older woman told Stephen, some people are meant to live in an old house like that, and some people aren't. I never thought you were the old house type. Stephen left that day and finally understood what she meant. About a year after the family moved out, neighbors saw as a police car raced up to the old white house one night and watched another family run out of its front door in their pajamas, fleeing in the night just as Stephen and his family did. The Lachance family left the house, but in the years since, say they continue to wake up from nightmares from their short time there. It took this experience to turn Stephen into a believer in the supernatural, and he understood why all those who knew of the home avoided it at all costs. 
Locals say that even just driving past the house, you're overcome with a very uneasy feeling. Some have reported that it feels like they're being watched by someone or something in the home. Stephen said the family felt that strange energy in the home. In the paranormal community, many believe that feeling of electrical charges and sensations typically appear near a supernatural portal, a place where negative energy and entities are coming through. That strong putrid stench that Stephen described in the home has been strongly associated with demonic activity. Countless paranormal groups and the Catholic Church were eventually called in to investigate the Screaming House. Through historical research, they found the home was built on the remains of a cabin from pre-Civil War era. And within 500 feet of the home was an older cemetery. And across the street in a separate home, a violent axe murder once took place. Stephen and numerous other groups who have investigated believe the house and the entire land it sits on was poisoned from its bloody history. Groups have documented countless EVPs and photographs inside the home. And after their investigation, the Catholic Church issued a 156-page report on the home and claimed it was indeed infested with a demonic presence. In the years since, the property management company has had issues keeping a tenant in the Screaming House for very long. It was even turned into a dog kennel at one point. The latest information on the Screaming House came from a union resident in 2020 who said recently, a group of men lived in the house and told others they found it to be haunted as well. Another family reportedly moved in after that and only lasted a few months. As of 2022, another union resident said they drove past the home recently and saw that it was empty with a no trespassing sign on the door. The overwhelming consensus from residents who have lived in the Screaming House is that there is something truly demonic inside and the dark entity in the home is angry. In 2007, Stephen Lachance released his best-selling book, The Uninvited, which detailed his experience in the infamous Screaming House. He's been very vocal about his experience. He's appeared on TV shows and even worked on the popular TV series Supernatural. The Screaming House goes down as one of the most terrifying and diabolical hauntings in history, and also one of the most unknown paranormal cases ever documented. There's so much about Stephen's story that sticks out to me, but one thing is the transitional period that Stephen and his kids were in during the time of the activity. As we've discussed a lot on Avery After Dark, individuals or families who are in the midst of a major life change, such as a loss, divorce, separation, any kind of trauma really, entities will feed on that emotion. Stephen and his kids were in the middle of this huge trauma, having their mom leave. And now Stephen was in the role of single parent, which I would argue has to be the hardest job in the entire world. But I can see that demonic entity in the house latching onto the family, their fears, their emotions, their heightened senses, and using it all to become more powerful. Another thing that really sticks out to me is that warning from the passerby that very first move-in day. Hope you'll be okay in there. It reminds me so much of the Perrin family and how they were warned to leave the lights on at night when they moved into their home, and we all know how that turned out. The entity knocking down that angel portrait, killing all the trees near the home, all point to one dark spirit. Also was the fact that neighbors, anyone, everyone, wouldn't go near the place, refused to even step foot on the sidewalk. 
That's why it's always smart to talk to neighbors, locals, before moving in somewhere. You really can't take the landlord's word for it because they're just trying to rent it out, bottom line. But next time you're in the market for a new spot, don't be shy. Check around town first. See what you're getting yourself involved in before you fork over your savings and sign on the dotted line. Because some experiences stay with you long after you've moved out. Some experiences stay with you for a lifetime. It is now time for Ask Aves, the segment where we cover the questions, topics, and stories that you all have sent in. First up is a very fitting story to go along with today's episode. Emily writes, Hey Avery, I love your TikToks and I was so excited to discover your podcast. I wanted to send in my own little ghost story. My family lives in Carrollton, Georgia, which is a country town in West Georgia. There's a whole lot of history around here, from the town next door's gold rush to, of course, the Civil War. Naturally, there are a lot of Southern folklore and spooky tales. My parents built a house in a quiet neighborhood near a lake with many wooded areas around. It's definitely out in the country. Not long after they moved in, they started noticing things like doors creaking open and such. When I was in their basement one day and my entire family was gone, I heard what I thought were footsteps upstairs. It scared me so badly that I called 911 because I thought someone had broken in. After a while, we began joking. Oh, there's our Civil War ghost. Fast forward to about a year ago when my dad was home alone. Around 11 o'clock, he decided to go to bed. He turned off the television, went through the kitchen, and turned out the lights. He went on into he and my mom's bedroom, firmly shut the door, and went to brush his teeth. He told me what happened next blew his mind. He came out of the bathroom and the bedroom door was wide open. Not only that, but the kitchen lights were back on. He thought he was losing his mind. Dad said he went back into the kitchen, turned off all the lights again, and right after that, the light bulb and the lamp on his nightstand went out and made a loud popping noise. Then he was standing there in total darkness and he had to feel around to find the bedroom light switch on the wall. So, Civil War ghost or crazy coincidence? Maybe we'll never know for sure, but it definitely made Dad jumpy. Looking forward to your next show. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Emily. As soon as you said your family lives in Georgia, I just knew you had a spooky story. The South, by far, has some of the best ghost stories out there. I grew up with my grandma, who was born and raised in Kentucky, telling me ghost stories, and she would always add such a good southern flair to the tales. I just loved it. But yeah, Emily, it definitely sounds like you all got someone in that house with you. I mean, you know the haunting is real when it's got you on the phone with police asking for assistance. Makes me wonder who the spirit is, and why he or she is tied to the land. Very spooky. Thank you for sharing, Emily. If you want to be a part of the show, shoot me a message to the email provided in the show notes. You guys always have the best stories, topics, suggestions, and I love hearing from you. Until next episode, this is Avery After Dark.